Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the G-Show. I know it's been a very long time since I've done an episode. You're wondering, did he go away? Did he quit? Did he lose interest? Did he find something else he wants to do? The question and the answer to that is simply, no. I didn't lose interest. I didn't lose the heart and desire to make these episodes. To be honest... I just needed a fire lit under me. And to be honest, right now in my life, I don't have much going on. And I want to focus in and get back to doing podcasts. Because that's what I love doing. I love making podcasts. I love being a media personnel. And I love doing this. I think this is my calling. I'm supposed to make content for people. I'm supposed to make podcast episodes. I'm supposed to do things that make me happy. And this is one of the things that make me happy. So I want to continue to do the podcast. And I want to get committed. And I want to get serious again. And I want to do this for real. Like I did back in the day. I love you guys. And thank you for being so supportive of the G Show for a long time. It's been years. And I just really appreciate it. I know I've been gone and absent the last couple of years. But I want to get back. And get back seriously. And become the best podcast host I can be. So again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys for being there for me and supporting me. And please, please follow the podcast. Please give as much love as you can. Tell people. Because the G Show is back, baby. And back better than ever. And I'm so excited. And so happy. And today, I just wanted to talk about my favorite baseball team. The Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates are not doing so well right now. They are one of the worst teams in baseball. Right now, the Pittsburgh Pirates are sitting, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they are sitting at a 12-win, 12-16 and 16 record, which isn't horrible. They are, I think, third in the NL Central, which, I mean, for the Pirates, you all considering things, that's not actually that horrible. 12-16 uh, and 16 for the team is really... I mean, if you think about it, 12 and 16 is obviously below 500, which isn't obviously what you want. But the staff and the players and the talent that the Pirates really have, you gotta be, you gotta give credit to Shellen, find some guys, finding players that can play for him, and just giving him the opportunity every night to go out and compete. And one of those guys that I really want to highlight is uh, the recent additions is Jake Marisnik, the outfielder. I mean, he's come in, he's played stout defense. Really good defense. Comes in, he's making these incredible catches. Um, doing decent with the bat. Nothing special there. But just coming in and executing, you know. Coming in, filling a role. Filling in for Brian Reynolds when he DHs. Just being a nice utility outfielder that the Pirates have desperately needed for years. And he looks like a really solid addition. So I'm very happy with Jake Marisnik right now. Ben Gamble, he was there last year. He did pretty well. And now he's starting to hit again. And he's playing... Really good defense, so I'm very happy with Gamble and Mersnick. They're very cheap players. They're never going to demand a lot of money, which is exactly what the Pirates are looking for. So those are two great additions in the outfield. And then you have your star, Brian Reynolds. They extended him for an extra two years. I think they're going to try to extend him long-term here in the short future, so they don't have to pay him as much. And he's been struggling at the plate in the first month. But you know what? He's going to find his bat. He's starting to hit again. And he's always been a really solid defender. So I'm really, really happy and very interested to see what Brian Reynolds can do this season, if he can turn it around or if he's going to continue to struggle at the plate. But other than that, I think he's had a bright future and a long one there in Pittsburgh. And I just hope Bob Nutting, for once in his life, doesn't screw this up and actually pays the man what he deserves. So I think the outfield right now has been really solid. And just Jack Sawinski guy we brought up from AA, you know, he was brought up because of short depth in the outfield. But you know what? You know, he's come up. He's hit decently for a guy from AA. Jacked a homer last night against the Dodgers. He's been playing really solid baseball. And for a AA guy, you're not really expecting a whole lot. You know, a guy who's not used to seeing the level of pitching you see at the majors. And he's been really solid defensively as well. Not making dumb mistakes, not being silly errors. You know, he's been really solid. And I think the outfield is really the strength of the Pirates right now. And it's been really good making a lot of catches. The bats are well in the outfield. It's been a real strong proponent for the Pirates right now. I'm very happy where they stand. 
And you come to the infield, Cabrian Hayes is a stud. Such a stud. I mean, a really good contact hitter. You know, I guess it's like two singles or a double, like a single and a double a game. Amazing gold glove defender. I mean, he just makes incredible throws. He makes them look so easy. And he's going to be there for a long time. He's been an eight-year contract he just signed. And I'm very excited for Cabrian Hayes for many years to come. And then you go to the shortstop position right now, which is kind of weak with uh, Diego Castillo coming up. He's not nothing special, but he's pretty solid. Pretty solid with the bat, and you know he's he's a filler guy. We have a lot of prospects down in Double A right now, and you know just in the minors, and that's where a lot of the talent is for the Pirates. And they'll come up eventually, but right now just kind of a filler guy. But he's doing his job really well. He's doing really solid. He's not going to be anything special, but that's okay. He's doing good. Second, I mean short, excuse me. Second right now is a mix of utility guys. We got Chavis there. He's been hitting decent. You know, a guy from Boston, former first round pick. We'll see what he can do. Uh, he's been having a couple a couple nice games here recently, has some power, so I'm very excited for Chavis. Uh, Newman's been hurt, uh, so he's been out for a while. He'll be back probably towards the end of the month or early June. So, you know, he's been a really good defender, but he committed a lot of errors this year. Very rare for Newman. Um, so we'll see what he brings. He's probably on the way out, though, again, with all these prospects. And you got uh, Hoy Park, who's awful, this utility guy we got for in trade last year. Now, you know, he hasn't really seen much of him, but he can play that position at second. So second short's been kind of a weak spot for the Pirates. A lot of mistakes there. Um, brought in Josh Van Meter from the Diamondbacks. Hasn't played very well. Uh, we didn't really expect much. So that's kind of been a weakness. A lot of errors have been there, and also a lot of bad batting have come from those two positions. Uh, Cole Tucker, former first-round pick, who's a bust. So, you know, you got a lot of issues there in the, in the infield that have caused a lot of a lot of turmoil for the Pirates, and fortunately, I think it's cost a lot of games and a lot of dumb errors and things like that have really plagued the Pirates. Not not that we've been horrible, but just a lot of bad bad plays and a lot of bad, a lot of silly errors that don't really, shouldn't see on a major league field, and that's kind of what's killed them. Um, to be honest, I think we would probably be ahead um, in the second place, probably with St. Louis right now. I think there's a lot of games that have been decided by dumb errors. And I think we could have had a winning record right now if we didn't have so many errors. So, the you know, the second and shortstop position has been really bad. Uh, and then you go to the first baseman and Yoshi, Yoshi Susugo, who we brought in last year. Uh, you know, had a lot of power last year. Came in um, towards the end and did really well. But just really hasn't had it this year. It only has one homer. Hasn't really hit well. Uh, plays solid defense, but been kind of a disappointment. Not a lot of power. Uh, and you expect a big guy like him to come in and deliver. So it's been really frustrating with him, and hopefully he can find his bat because we really need a guy like him to deliver for us. And then Robert, Roberto Perez, excuse me, has been a great addition, very good catcher, bat's been decent, didn't really expect a lot from my old man. But, you know, he's been really solid helping the pitchers out, and he's been a great addition to replace Stallings. It was three last year, the Marlins. So, I mean, overall, the the field is decent. The infield is pretty weak. Uh, I'd say that's a lot of the errors. The outfield's been great, though. And Dan- Daniel Vogelback, who DHs most days, has been really solid. Uh, you know, Vogelback has been great with the bat. He's been a great addition. And, you know, I love what he brought. Um, brings to the team a lot of power, a lot of finesse, good energy, good clubhouse guy. He brings a lot of morale to the team. And for a team that's not supposed to do very well, you would really, you really need a guy like that. So I'm very happy that Vogel backs there. It's probably the best addition this year. But the real, real letdown of the Pirates, though, is for certain, no without a doubt, is the pitching. The pitching is awful. I mean, we rank 28th, if I'm right. Hold on, guys. Sorry about that. Yes, 28th in baseball with ERA, with an average of 4.68 ERA. We have no wins. No, excuse me. We have one win last night. We just got our first win last night. Uh, no complete games, obviously. If you only have, uh, you know, that and only seven saves. So that's not really good. Uh, the, the the starting rotation, though, has been really plaguing us. I mean, you, you got guys like Mitch Keller, who, you know, if you're a Pirates fan, you know all about Mitch Keller. He's either really good or he blows up. Uh, and gives up like four runs in like four innings. Um, he's been really, you know, he got he's been better recently, but overall he's been a complete disappointment. 
And you got JT Brubaker, who, you know, looked promising the first half last year, had good stuff on the low threes. And then this year he's been all over the place, uh, you know, giving up four runs and four, you know, walks and like four innings and just can't last. And uh, Zach Thompson, who we got in the Jacob Stallings trade last year, you know, is this big six foot seven guy. You expect big power and everything and high velocity and comes out there on like 93, 94. And you're like, what the hell? Like, how does a six foot seven guy not have, you know, the big stuff that you're all looking for? And when you have a big guy, you know, especially in our modern uh, modern baseball pitching, it's, you know, fast. You want a high velocity fastball. You know, everything's faster. Everything's, you know, sped, sped up. Um, and when you have Zach Thompson, who's 6'7", 250, you really expect a big, high, fast fastball. And upper, not, I mean, 97 is not uncommon anymore. That's normal. Um, and he has 94. And he has, like, a lackluster changeup you know, a lackluster slide or whatever it is. The point is he's been disappointing. Um, he's one in three with a 7.08 ERA. I mean, that's awful. I mean, he, he gets blown up all the time. He's been a huge letdown. And the Jacob Songs trade is looking a little, little like a, it's going to bite us, the Pirates. It's going to bite the Pirates, it looks like. Um, so, you know, Zach Thompson has not been good at all. And you look at a guy like Keller, 6.81 ERA. Uh, you know, Keller was a top prospect in baseball. He was, like, top three. Uh, you know, he was a top, top prospect. And, you know, he just never panned out. He has all this elite stuff. You can tell he has it. He has the stuff. He has the fire. He has the velocity. He has the good pitch. He has the good curve. You know, he has all these things that would make him such a good pitcher. If he just didn't have – he just gets in his head. He gets scared, he gets nervous, he gets he gets flustered, and then he goes downhill, he starts walking people, next thing you know, bases are loaded and there's, you know, three runs on three run score. You know, he just gets very mentally lost and shaken up and stirred, and you're like, What happened to Mitch Keller? Mitch Keller that we all hope for. You've seen flashes of it. There's been definitely starts this year where he's looked like the Mitch Keller we hoped, but he's really really struggled I mean he he really has let down the Pirates and I don't know what to expect he's only 26 so maybe he just needs more time but he's had a lot of years he's like on year four I'm pretty sure you know and I just I don't know like he's he's been a real let down and you know he's plagued us uh, absolutely plagued the Pirates rotation and the only good spot right now, I would say, for the Pirates is Jose Quintana. I mean, he's at a 2.7 ERA with 25 strikeouts and 30 innings pitched. He's been a really solid addition. We signed him for a one-year deal. You know, an old guy he used to be a really good pitcher back in the day for, like, the White Sox. Uh, you know, he's been he was a really solid veteran, and we picked him up for nothing. And, you know, he's turned out really well. He's definitely been the best pitcher for the Pirates definitely so far. And the other guy that's been pitching is um, Brian Wilson, who we got last year for trading Richard Rodriguez to the Braves. Now, I went to the Pirates game the day before Easter, which was a night game against the Nationals. I saw Brian Wilson pitch. He's he's not that good. Again, he's a low 90s fastball, you know, low 80s changeup. But he's just not – there's nothing flashy about Brian Wilson, and he usually gives up like three or four runs. He only lasts four innings. Um, and you know, it's, that's the problem. The Pirates starting rotation, all these guys really only last four innings and the Pirates need more length, they need more innings. I mean, when you go four runs in four innings, the Pirates offense isn't that good. We don't put up four runs that often. So when you give up four runs in four innings, it's very hard for to climb back out of it. And that's why the Pirates struggle a lot. I mean, the, the, the starting rotation is awful. I mean, it really is if you're 20th in baseball. And when your offense is, like, 20th, um, you know, it just, it's just like you can't, you can't come out. You just can't come back from, you know, a rookie start in the first couple innings, and then you come out and, you know, you just, you just can't produce runs, and you're not going to win games. It's simple as that. And, you know, and the bullpen's been really good. I mean, Will Crow has come in, traded last, I mean, two years ago from 
for Josh Bell, and he's been a really good bullpen addition. And, uh, you know, Ben Nars amazing. He's going to be a stud closer for a long time. Uh, Stratton's been really good. You know, we, we've we've gotten a lot better in the bullpen, but when you, your starting rotation blows up the game already, then you come in with your, you know, your good uh, bull, bullpen. You're just preserving, you know, a four-run deficit. You know, and your offense is not going to score. You're just not going to win games. You're just simply never going to win games because you're always stuck with a horrible rotation. So until the rotation gets better, the Pirates are just going to be stuck where they've been. And, you know, unfortunately for Shelton, I mean, he's not getting any help. Uh, you know, the owner is not going to come in and put money on the team. He's 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 a cheap, cheap guy. He doesn't want to put money in the team. And there's just no improvement. And Derek Shelton is the manager of the Pirates uh, for the last, I think this is his third year. I mean, they've had a, awful teams, really awful teams. And Shelton has a horrible record. Like one of the worst records in probably baseball as a manager. I mean, you you combine that and people are going to be like, oh, it's Shelton's fault. Oh, he should be fired. Oh, he, he can't get a team to win. And, you know, it's not his fault. I mean, he has had no help. Ownership has not given him anything. And he's he's probably fired in the next year or two because... He's, I mean, he's had just been bad teams, and I don't think he's a bad manager. He's very passionate. He he seems to get the guys. He's always talking to them, you know, congratulating them, you know, plus, you know, giving them morale boosts. And he's, he, you know, I think he's done a good job. But when you have such a bad team for so long, and your record is eighty-seven and one hundred forty-nine, you have a thirty-six percent winning percentage. That's not getting the job done. And, you know, you look at an owner and they're going to be like, oh, it's his fault. We need to fire him. And it's not Shellen's fault. He just has such a bad team. But to think about it in this perspective, you have this year, you have the 20th hitting, your your 20th in hitting and your 28th in pitching. Yet you still have a 12 and 16 record. That's pretty good. Like that is actually surprisingly good if you think about it. I mean, to be ranked... And the bottom 10 in both, I mean, that's pretty impressive if you actually think about it. You know, and I think that obviously comes down to some Shellen and some improvements and some of the players coming up. But, you know, I don't think Shellen's done a horrible job. Like, I really think he should be given some credit for what he's done with such a bad team. And, you know, the Pirates, listen, the Pirates were never, never anticipated to do well this year. I mean, no one did, right? I mean, everyone thinks like we're a 60s, high 60, low 70 win team. Maybe. But I mean, if you keep up pace like this, I mean, we might be closer to 80 wins this year, which is, you know, a huge improvement considering from last year. I just, you know, I just don't, I feel bad for Derek Schoen. I think, you know, he's done a good job. He, he's a leader. He's passionate. He shows he cares. And, you know, he knew coming in, he was her- inheriting a terrible situation. But you know what? He came in. He's acted like a professional. He's done his job, and he's trying to lead a bad team. And considering where they are and the talent that's not there, you know, I, I really congratulate him. And, you know, the Pirates haven't been totally awful this year. I mean, last night, they beat the Dodgers 5-1. to one. I mean, I know that's one game, and, you know, every bad team has their has their day. But, I mean, you come in 5-1, uh, you don't give up a run at the ninth inning. You know, if you're able to you show that you're a major league-level team, and compete with the Dodgers, you know, not get blown out. You know, that's that just shows that even with a bad team and the lackluster resources, they're still able to put some product on the field, um, you know, and just shows that the care and the city of Pittsburgh backs them, backs the team. Um, the attendance is horrible, though. When I mean back the team, they still show some support, but the attendance is horrible. Uh, the Pirates haven't drawn and drawn many fans in years. Their attendance has been really bad, and that's because again, they, the the owner doesn't care. They're not putting quality talent on the field, and I mean, I don't blame them. I mean, you think about it. You know, you you don't put talent. What do you want to see? You know, what what was the point? Because you're just expecting a horrible team, and the Pirates have. You know, been really, really, 
lackluster with performance and attendance because they doesn't seem like they want to win. I mean, when we were winning in playoff seasons from 13 through 15, you know, our attendance was pretty high. Like, our attendance average per game was like 30,000, 27,000. And then, you know, we were, it started to drop down at 27, then the 23, then the 18, 18, 2020, obviously COVID. But then 10,000, and now we're up a little bit to like just under 12. Like, that's horrible. PNC is one of the ranked in one of the best ballparks in America in baseball. And we're at like just under 12. Like, what does that tell you? Clearly, the fans didn't understand that the team is bad, the product is bad. Things need to change, and it will. And there's 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 a lot of hopeful prospects coming up, and the Pirates have a future and a bright one. It's just I don't know how it's going to execute, and we need to execute on development, and we need to execute on making sure the prospects get you know properly developed, and the plan goes well. And then when those prospects do come up, you have to bring in pieces, some veterans to help them, the young guys, and mold it together. And that's when the Pirates can make a playoff push. And that's hopefully when the Pirates can contend for World Series. And that's like two or three years away. But I'm very hopeful and I'm excited because it's been a long, ugly road for the Pirates. And you've been very patient and I've been waiting for a very long time for this. So hopefully things are looking up. Things seem to be getting better. And I'm just excited to see where the Pirates go and what the future holds for them. And I'm I'm a big baseball fan, so I'm very much enjoying the season love watching highlights every night of multiple teams. Um, you know, last night, the Angels, whew, Trout comes up, Jackson Homer, Atani comes right back behind him, Jackson Homer, a few innings later, Atani comes up, Jackson, you know, a, a, a Grand Slam. It's just incredible. I love watching, just watching good players. Uh, you know, I love watching those guys. You know, I love watching good pitchers. I really love watching, like, a Scherzer, you know, or DeGrom, or, a, you know, just, like, top-level, you know, like, a this, um, oh, this guy for the, this Yankees guy, who just came on, uh, oh, what's his name, uh, he's, like, this nobody, like, um, and he's just come on, and he's just interesting, just throws this nasty, nasty, like, change-up, and, like, slider, and combo, and, oh, Nestor Cortez, uh, you know, this guy's just come out of nowhere, but he's been amazing, and he's, you know, just things like that. I just love watching a good pitcher, you know, throw amazing, incredible different pitches, the arm angles, getting people to fan, just blowing 100 miles per hour by somebody. Uh, just love pitching. I absolutely love pitching. And just see a good pitching matchup against, like, a Vladdy or somebody. Like, I just love good pitching. I love baseball. Um, you know, people are arguing about the ball. It's being like dead, not as juiced up and everything. And to be honest, I don't know how you fix baseball. Baseball, it's it's slow, no question. But you know, you juice the balls up, and yeah, your runs will go up. And what's people want to see? But I don't know. I also love the good old school pitching duels and the low. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to decide what I'd rather have. But I, you know, I just I just love baseball. I love the season, even though we're, the Pirates are a bad team. I just enjoy every second of it. And you know, I've been having a lot of fun, and I enjoy every day tuning in and, you know, watching games and just seeing. It's just a good thing to watch. It makes me happy, and I'm sure many of you guys feel the same. It's just it's just an amazing sport. Lots of talent, lots of skill needed, and uh, just something just something I look forward to every day watching, and I very much enjoy it, and um, just, just something that is a part of my everyday uh, life now during the season, and, uh, you know, I just love it, and... Uh, Let's help the Bucks get together and they can finally fix some of their issues and get better. But guys, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. Um, you know, I just wanted to just make a podcast. Uh, I didn't even plan this. I just came in and said, you know, I want to record. I want to get back into it. I want to, you know, start putting in the time and the effort that I used to and then start making quality. So I just figured, you know what, today we're just going to help with the Pirates. Nothing crazy, no stat crazy, anything, just talk. Um, and that's what I love to do. So I just want to talk with the Pirates today, you know, where they at, and just, you know, get back on the mic. Just get get the dust off and the cobwebs off. And, you know, I hope you guys really enjoyed it. hope you guys uh, tell your friends and family about it. And I uh, hope you guys will tune in soon to 
listen to the next episode of the G Show, which will be coming up very soon, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to G Show. I'm your host, Gary, and I'll catch you next time on the G Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the G Show. This is your host, Garrett, here. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the 22, 2022 excuse me, NBA playoffs. Now, the NBA playoffs are coming closer to an end than the beginning. They're right now battling out in the divisional round uh, in the East. They have the Boston Celtics versus the Milwaukee Bucks, who are currently tied and have a Game 7 today. It's currently Sunday, May 15th at 11.17 p.m. Eastern Time in America. So they have a game coming up at 3.30. And also the Warriors and Mavericks have a game today. So the two games are split series, and the two games today will decide who goes to the conference championship, um, which is already the other side of things for the East is the Miami Heat defeated the 76ers two nights ago. And the Golden State Warriors eliminated the Memphis Grizzlies two nights ago. So it's been really exciting playoffs. A lot of good games have happened. A lot of good uh, magic and action has happened. Uh, It's been very exciting. And as a Celtics fan, I'm very happy to see that the Celtics are obviously in the playoffs right now. Big game today, obviously, coming in an elimination game. But if you just want to just appreciate some of the the athletic marvels that you see in the game, the guys that really have incredible bodies and they have incredible strength and incredible athleticism to play the game of basketball. I mean, uh, Giannis, seven foot, you know, super athletic, long, rangy, uh, his dunk on anybody, should get working on that jumper he has. You know, he's an incredible, incredible player. That's why they call him the Greek freak. Uh, guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown for the Celtics, amazing forwards, beautiful shots, they, they, a beautiful stroke, you know, they make good shots. Spread the defenders out, make them guess, make them think, make good, quick decisions, make good passes, get teammates open, uh, you know, giving people other opportunities, spread the ball around a lot. You know, that makes the Celtics really, really potent in that amazing defense the Celtics have. It's been a huge factor. You know, you just look at other guys in the playoffs, like Curry, obviously, everyone knows Steph Curry, uh, just amazing shooter. Clay Thompson is the number two guy, also a really good shooter, deadly combo there at guard. Uh, and then you go over to the Miami Heat right now, and they just have a really deep team. Spread the ball out a lot and make people think and miss. And, you know, Butler, Adebayo, and Hero are the big three there. And, you know, I've got a good forward-center combo with a good guard that comes off the bench. I mean, it's a really solid tandem there in Miami. And you got Memphis, unfortunately, who just lost. You know, lost Jaw there late in the series, but... Uh, you know, just a really competitive Grizzlies team who had a lot of fire under them this year and a lot of passion. Uh, they came to play. Uh, Jaw really exploded this year, and he looks very deadly, and it looks like very bright future for Jaw. Uh, you know, Jaron Jackson with him, and uh, Matt, um, Stephen Adams, excuse me, not Matt Adams. Uh, you know, just looks a really good young core there in Memphis, and uh, Dylan Brooks there too, and you look at uh, you know, just the uh, 76ers, they just lost. They, uh, you know, with the Harden and Bead combo there, that's pretty deadly. There's a lot of good team. Every team that's made it this far has been a really solid team. They have really good players. Uh, and, you know, you just you just marvel at them. You know, you, you don't see 6'8", 6'9", guys. Um, just, you know, going your local, you just don't see it. So when you see these guys playing basketball, you're like, whoa. Like, it's crazy how big and how strong and how athletic these guys really are. And it's incredible to watch. But I wanted to, you know, I just wanted to talk about the playoffs so far. So obviously, like I said, um, on May 10th, which is three days ago, um, they had uh, the Eastern Conference Game 5, which was the Sixers and Heat and the Mavericks and Suns. Uh, Sixers lost that game, um, putting down 3-2, and uh, the Mavericks also they won that game, I think. Excuse me, guys. I'm sorry. I to be honest, I haven't really been ten- paying attention to the West. I'm, I'm a diehard Six. I'm a Celtics fan, so I haven't really been paying attention to the West. So I know the Sixers won. I meant lost. Jesus, uh, you can tell it's been a while. Sixers lost. Excuse me. Uh, to the Heat, and I th- believe the Suns won. I'm pretty sure. Um, could be wrong, 
but I'm pretty sure they won. Sounded like a horrible, horrible podcast host. But anyway, like I was saying, um, the star for the Sixers in this series so far, well, like wh- who was the star, um, was definitely Harden. I th- I think, I mean, his work ethic wasn't there this series, and I think that's why the Sixers lost. The heart wasn't there. Um, just expected to come in and take care of business because of how good Harden is and how good uh, Joel Embiid was and is. Um, probably got snubbed for MVP, but just, you know, you got two guys there who are all pros, you know, top 10 guys, um, you know, came in, I think, Harden more than Embiid, just figured, hey, this is easy. Um, it's going to come in, do our thing, and take care of business, but they just didn't do their thing. They just wasn't hustle. There wasn't ambition. It just seemed like they were just kind of jogging up and down, and, you know, B got hurt in the face. I mean, it, you know, that sucks, and it hurts, obviously, uh, the Sixers quite a bit, but just the fact that, you know, you just have two guys that this you're used to dominating and coming in and just being disruptive, and this, the Heat just didn't take it. I mean, he were number one seed, of course, and that's more due to depth than individual star talent. But, you know, they just came in, and, you know, I think the Sixers got a little cocky. Um, just expected to come in and dominate and win because they have two guys. But, you know, you need a whole team, and when your heart's not in it, the team with the more heart, I feel like, in most instances in sports, always wins. If they some The team who wants it more, I don't care who has the better talent, I don't care who's a better player, if you want it more than the other team, and you put in the effort, and you put in the heart, chances are you're going to win that game. And you see it all the time. You see you see upsets, you know, especially March Madness stuff, because they want it more. Um, and you just see that. And, you know, when you come, you see the Sixers, unfortunately, you know, it just comes down to it. I don't think Harden was in the best mindset. Still isn't since he left Brooklyn and hasn't been in the best shape. And, you know, B being hurt, that hurts. But you just need other guys, too, to step up and come in and, the Sixers didn't have that, and that's why they lost the series. I mean, just you can just tell by watching, you just didn't have the soul and heart that you need to win a championship. And I mean, Harden did his thing. Let's not let's not be mistaken this year. I mean, he averaged twenty two points and ten assists. I mean, that's really good. I mean, that's that's what you expect out of Harden. So it's not like he didn't do his thing. But you know, there's just something more than to the stats. There's just heart. There's hustle. There's you know playmaking ability. There's uh, reading the defense, uh, being in the right spot at the right time, being open, and a lot of those things. And I just don't think Harden, I think Harden came in like, hey, this isn't Bede's team, I understand that, but I'm also the guy. So, it, you know, it's running through me, and, you know, you, you, you try to do that, and it just doesn't work. And, uh, you know, Embiid getting hurt, obviously pulled him out of the, the, the pain. He's going to shoot threes, he's trying to do all this, trying to be a guard at center position, and, not saying you can't do that. It's a modern NBA, obviously, and I respect that. And B has credible talent, but at the end of the day, I mean, even you're a monster like him, you just gotta bully people. And I mean, and B would have been bullying out of bio all the time. And you just, you just gotta, you just gotta find ways to get creative. And I think the Sixers got stagnant, and they lost those last two games. And I just think that there's a lot of boiling down to coaching and that work ethic and heart, and just overall will. And I just think that's the reason the Sixers lost. I mean, you look at Butler, only averaged fourteen and a half points this postseason. It's not a crazy amount, but you know, he, he always plays hard, always has good defense, you know, always always plays to zero zero and he brings a lot of energy to that team and it's a younger team. Um and you know, he does everything right. And you just need a guy like that and you just need a leader and he's definitely a leader for that team and I think the Sixers just lack voice, and I think that's one of the reasons why they lost ultimately. And, you know, obviously, give all the credit in the world to Miami for winning that series, but if you look at the talent, in my opinion, I just think that the, the Sixers, with their star power, um, just just kind of threw it away, in my opinion, and I think that if they don't get that right, I just don't see the Sixers ever progressing. I mean, it's been a few years now, and the Sixers still haven't figured it out. So we'll just see what happens there um, in Philly. But they end up losing and taking you out of Miami. And you look at the Suns. I mean, the Suns are a very deep team, obviously. Very good team. Um, just crazy, crazy amounts of depth. And they have good stars of Paul, Booker, Aiden. I mean, you saw them last year. They were so close to winning a championship. 
Uh, just fell short. But, you know, Booker this year in the playoffs averaging 26. I mean, excuse me, this season averaging 26.8 points per game. Uh, you know, shooting 46% from the field and averaging five sets a game. I mean, he's a stud. We all know he's a stud. Uh, you know, Booker, Booker's been over underrated for so long and been overlooked. And he's just been doing his thing for Miami. I mean, excuse me, Phoenix. And, you know, it's got to give him the world, give him a lot of credit. Uh, definitely one of the reasons why Phoenix is on the map. And they were bad for a long time with him, but he stuck with them. Uh, didn't go anywhere and did his thing. And, you know, he's been incredible for them. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are very deep, so it makes them a very deadly team. Um, when you have a team like Phoenix, you, you know, they're always going to have a star on the floor, which is huge. Uh, and you're always going to have solid wings with Bridges and uh, Johnson. And, I mean, they're all, crowd, I mean, you're all, they're always going to be solid perimeter players on the floor for Phoenix. So it makes them very deadly. And uh, Aiden's a solid, really good center. So, you know, the Phoenix Suns, they they have a lot of a lot of potential. They're they're going to be a force. There's no question. They're always a force, especially the last couple of years. And uh, you know this year, they're definitely they're definitely there. They're definitely going to be. I'm going to see today what they have. But they I think they've played down to the Mavericks. I really do. And I think I think they're going to get it back. I think this they're going to win this and they're going to go and they're going to play their best ball going forward. I'm gonna I'm gonna say they're gonna they're gonna give Warriors a, a run for their money. I don't know if they'll win, but they're definitely going to give them a run for their money. But I also don't want to discredit the Mavericks. I mean, Luka's been insane. I mean, he has averaged 28 points per game, uh, you know, 9 assists, 45% from the field. I mean, Donich has carried this team. I mean, there's no question about that. Donich is an insane player, insane talent. You know, he's he's really evolved. He's been a leader. Uh, you know, he's had some issues. Brazilian's getting traded away. Uh, you know, you know things like that that might disrupt the team, but he's kept it together, and that's why he's brought them all the way to the tied record and the series three and three. And I give a lot of credit to Luca. He's done a lot. Uh, you know, he's got Hardaway there too. He's you know he's got some he's got some decent players, but he's the guy. There's no question. And you know the team rides or dies with Luca, and they're not as deep as Phoenix, so it makes it harder for Luca, and he's a lot more pressure. Uh, to carry this team and it makes the Mavericks a little more one-dimensional than the Phoenix so it makes it hard for me to think that the Mavericks pull this off I mean they would need an amazing amazing game from Luka uh, and just overall just the supporting unit to be there for him so I just don't see I just don't see Phoenix losing this game uh, you know they've, they've, they've kept it close they've I mean Mavericks have kept it close they've obviously tied uh, series but I just you know Luka has to have an amazing game and you know it's just a lot of pressure for a 23 year old you know you got to give him a supporting cast uh another star to bounce around with uh, a guy to help and this far it hasn't found anyone to pair with luca and this modern nba you need like two stars you got to have two stars if you, you need a one and a two if you don't have that you're you're just one dimensional so I, it's just luca has a very hard challenge today I hope he can do it. I really do. But it's going to be very hard for him. So we'll see about t tonight with uh, the Mavericks and the uh, Suns. But, again, Luka has a very hard assignment tonight. And we'll see what he can do. And, obviously, like I said earlier today, we've got the Celtics and Bucks. Um, they're in Boston, which is awesome. Uh, that's really big. Um, you know, they were shooting in Milwaukee. So I know they're not having their watch party in Milwaukee. Um, last game, you know, just Tatum, Tatum, Tatum took over. Like there's games where Tatum is kind of off and you're like, okay, where's Tatum? Like he has like 10 points and you're like, uh, okay. And then like Brown steps up for him and it's like, okay, so we got bailed out. And then there's games where Tatum's really good and Brown's kind of eh. And you're like, oh boy, like this is like, it's in balance. But this year... Especially after the All Star Game, it seems like they finally are having good nights together, and it's that's why we're winning. We're, we're, them two are stars, and our amazing defense has really propelled us to. I mean, we were number one seed for a little bit. The Celtics were number one seed for a little bit. Um, but Tatum last night, I mean, two nights ago, excuse me, forty six points. It's a signature game, and they you know, dunked over Giannis. 
You know, he took over. When, when Tatum's confident, he's stroking the ball well, making good shots, making good threes. I mean, he's not unstoppable, but he's he's deadly. There's no question about that. I mean, he can make every shot, uh, you know, step back three, uh, fade away. He can make jumpers. He can get in the paint and bully a smaller guard or forward. I mean, he can do it all. So Tatum's a very exciting player, and I love I love Jason Tatum. I love watching him. Um, but it's just when he's having the cold nights, and he gets 12 points, and you're like, where is Tatum? And that's where the Celtics struggle a lot. Um, so today, it's really good. I think Tatum is a huge factor. Tatum's hot. I mean, you've seen when, when Tatum's hot and things are rolling, we, we beat the Bucks by, what, 9, 10? It, I mean, we can handle the Bucks. The Celtics can handle the Bucks when our players are, like, our Tatum and Brown are actually at their best. When they're at their best, we're, we're going to beat the Bucks. It's when we're not, we're struggling, and... Giannis is coming in and blowing up the interior, then it's like, okay, then we're struggling. But I, I think the Celtics are going to pull it off. I think Tatum's going to have a good game, drop 30. Uh, Brown's going to always drop like 20. Uh, just good complimentary pieces. You get Smart coming in, gave like 10 or 12. And Al Horford has to have a big game. Hopefully it's a good shooting night. Uh, you know, just just have Derek White solid off the bench. You know, we have, we have decent depth. Uh, for the Celtics and uh, Derek White was huge uh, addition, uh, but I just don't I just don't see the Bucks pointing off. Uh, you know, you you lose Middleton, which is huge. Um, and uh, to be honest, I feel like the Celtics should have won the series already. Um, but you know, just losing Middleton's huge uh, for the series for the Bucks. But I just I just think the Celtics won it more. I mean, the Celtics last few years have been eliminated in the second round. Um, very disappointing opening rounds. And, you know, it's just about time that the Celtics piece it together. I mean, at the beginning of the season, you're like, whoa, this Celtics team is not good. They are discombobulated. They're not gelled. They're not playing well together. And then just after the All-Star break, they figured it out, and they clicked, and they were hot. And, you know, coming in, and they take care of business to this point, swept the Nets. And I feel like they're going to take care of business again. But again, I think it just relies on uh, Tatum. Tatum needs to be there. He needs to come in and dominate like you know he can. He needs to play, uh, you know, good defense, and he needs to just shoot out, lights out. I mean, he averaged 27 points per game this year, 45% from the field, and, you know, 35% from the three-point line. I mean, he's been really good this year, but he just needs to take it another notch uh, for the playoffs, and he has. And he just needs to continue doing his thing, and he's going to be a really really important key for the Celtics tonight. So we're going to see what he can bring tonight, and hopefully the Celtics can beat the Bucks, uh tonight and uh, keep the Greek freak contained. If we can keep the, the Celtics can keep the Greek freak contained, not let them get open, not let them just bully us in the paint, uh, and that's going to be up to Williams and uh, Horford, uh, they're going to be fine. I think that if they can shut down or at least contain Giannis, they'll be fine, uh, and they can notch out a win. And if they win, that's amazing. Well, then we'll see Heat, and I think the Celtics can handle the Heat, and maybe the Celtics can be back in a championship uh, contending series since 2008. So it's been a long time. So hopefully the Celtics can go back to their glory days and start dominating again. But like I said earlier, the Warriors, obviously they eliminated the uh, Grizzlies. Grizzlies didn't have jaw. Um, so that kind of hurt them a lot, but Jaw just averaging 27 points per game. I mean, he was insane this year. Uh, you know, just dropped, had a lot of crazy games, a lot of crazy dunks, was huge, and I think that's a pivotal reason why the Grizzlies ended up losing that game, unfortunately, in that series. Um, but I just give a lot of credit to that team. They're very young, not as, uh, matured and veteran, uh, as many veterans as the Warriors. The Warriors are very polished. They've been winning for, what, since 2014, 15, um, so... Got to give a lot of credit to Memphis. That was a surprise team. Uh, came in, dominated this year. Uh, Jaw was a huge part of that. Came in with, not, I don't think, high expectations really at all. And they over-delivered, so I'm very, very, um, very surprised by the Grizzlies and very um, in awe of the Grizzlies. Because I, I just didn't expect them to be as good they were and came in and absolutely dominated. So happy for them. Uh, Mavericks, again, just holding on, just 
We'll see what they bring tonight, but I just don't think they're going to be able to overcome Phoenix's depth and uh, veteran leaders and talent. I just think there's a talent gap. Um, and the Celtics just take care of business today, and they'll 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 do their thing, and they can hopefully win the series, guys. That was just my little brief uh, recap of a couple of the series are going on. The uh, the playoffs are getting closer in a couple more weeks, and you'll have a champion. Um, so it's really exciting, and it's an exciting time if you're a basketball fan. And if you're not, just um, sometimes just turn on the game and just see the admire the athletes and the talent that they're. It's really incredible to watch. Um, so, yeah, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning into the G Show. I hope to make an episode soon. We'll see. Um, I think I will. I definitely will in the next couple of days. Uh, God knows what, but I will definitely make something soon. But, yeah, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning into the G Show. I'm your host, Garrett. And until next time, I'll catch you later. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the G Show. I'm your host, Garrett, here. And today I just wanted to do a very quick episode um, wrapping up the NBA semi-conference uh, finals games. The series have been ended, and we have a couple new winners and a couple teams that are heading to the finals, conference finals. The Boston Celtics took down the Milwaukee Bucks in good fashion, 109-81 on Sunday, giving Boston back to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time in a few years. The stat leaders in this game was surprising. Not Jason Tatum and J- Jalen Brown for the Celtics, but Grant Williams, who dropped 27 points and 6 rebounds. And Al Horford was a big part leading in the defensive rebounding and helping block Giannis and being a big presence in the paint. And the Celtics are known for being a smaller team, so having a guy like Al Horford was crucial in the Celtics leading over the Milwaukee Bucks. Marcus Smart with his sappy defense has always been a key contributor to that amazing Boston Celtics defense. He finished the game with 11 points, 7 rebounds, and 10 assists. And, of course, Giannis Adonavacupo, a.k.a. the Greek Freak, led the Milwaukee Bucks in literally every single statistical category. He had 25 points, 20 rebounds, and 9 assists. Now, the problem was for the Milwaukee Bucks is they were just too one-dimensional. Um, you know, just having Giannis as your star player, it, he's amazing, obviously. We all know that. But he just can't lead the team all by himself. He needs help. And with Chris Middleton gone, it was a huge impact on the Milwaukee Bucks, and you can definitely tell. Milwaukee had great defense, but their offense was very stagnant, and the Celtics were definitely affecting them, giving the guards problems, and mismatching with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the forward position really gave the Boston Celtics a huge advantage over the Milwaukee Bucks and making up for the lack of size that the uh, Celtics have lacking against the Milwaukee Bucks. It was a very good game. They got out of hand towards the end of the game, and the Celtics just started taking over. The first half was very competitive and very close. But the second half, Celtics just took over. Uh, uh, Tatum and Brown were being very selfless, giving up the ball, and, you know, finding open guys to Grant Williams. And that's how he ended up with 27 points. So very happy to see that the Boston Celtics are finally back in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Just some takeaways from this game, though, overall. Um... Uh, they finally made it back after a few disappointing seasons. The last couple of years, they thought they could uh, make a big push closer to the finals again, and they haven't, so it's been a big deal uh, for the Celtics to finally get back towards that point. Uh, but the main guys, did, again, didn't save the day. It was the role guys like Graham Williams, Al Horford. Um, you know, you're not your average guys, not the guys you expect to make the big plays, but they did. Uh, made very good, did a job as role players, helped bounce off the... Uh, fouled trouble Tatum and Brown, and just did the role, and that really helped the Celtics. And, uh, again, Giannis can't do it all by himself. Middleton was a huge loss for this series. And kind of surprising that this series was as close as it was considering Middleton wasn't there. And coming up, obviously, tonight, as uh, Tuesday, May 17th, Celtics have a matchup against Miami tonight. They match up well against Miami. They both have smaller teams, but good depth on both sides. And I think the forwards and... Brown and Tatum give a huge advantage over the Miami Heat. Um, we're going to be able to match up well. Uh, Hero will be able to shut him down with Smart. Uh, Celtics have been 3-2 and two this year against the um, Miami Heat. So up in that series as well, I think it gives the Celtics a good chance to get to Miami Heat. I think it will be a good series, but it will end in six games, ultimately giving the Celtics a 4-2 series win, and they'll head back to the finals for the first time since 2008. So very excited as a Celtics fan to see them play. And we'll see what they bring uh, in this series. And the other game that happened on Sunday was the Mavericks versus the Suns. 
Mavericks won 123-90. to It was a blowout. Mavericks crushed the Suns in a surprising win. In that game, Luka Donich led every statistical category. 35 points, 10 rebounds, and 4 assists. And the leader for the Phoenix Suns at Cameron Johnson, 12 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. Very disappointing game for the Suns. Much deeper team, a lot more depth, a lot more veteran um, leadership on that team. And just a surprise loss for the Phoenix Suns, especially at that badly. Um, my takeaways is a big Mavericks upset. Donnish was the star of the show, and he helped lift the Mavericks past the Suns, which he has, and he's continued again and again. Now, Luka's a stud, and he's not going anywhere, and he keeps balling out, and he keeps showing that he's he's a stud, and he's a star, and he is enough. The Mavericks have been a fridge team for a while, and we didn't know we didn't know if he was enough. We didn't know if he was the guy who helped bring him over. Uh, you know, Sunday he proved he was. He brought the Mavericks over the Suns and made him to the Western Conference Finals. Seems that Luka, time and time again, always shows up and balls out. And even though he's not the most athletic guy, just an amazing shot, team leader, and shows his grit and toughness every night. And uh, again, Suns very disappointing. We're definitely the better team in this series. Not sure if the big three really played as well together as they did last year. Last year, they were very gelled, very deep. Uh, seemed to understand and played well with each other a lot better last year. This year, seems a little spotty. And we're, I'm not sure what the was problem was, but this didn't seem to be as one as they were last year. Mavericks, though, have a daunting task against the Warriors, which is a very tough matchup. Game one's tomorrow. It's going to be very hard for the Warriors to lose this series, and the Mavericks have a very daunting task. Uh, it's going to be a lot of Curry and Clay. Uh, just a very, very good Warriors team going against up a Mavericks team that just came off a very tough series, probably going to be tired, and has to go up against a very good Warriors team. So Mavericks have a lot. Donish is going to have to ball out, and we're going to have to see what he can bring. But again, it's a very, very tough assignment for the Mavericks. I got Warriors in this series, and I think it's going to be Warriors and Celtics in the finals. Guys, I just wanted to make a quick episode, tell you guys the recap of the Easter Conference Finals, and we'll see if I'm right. Hope you guys enjoyed the G- this episode of the G Show. I'm your host, Garrett. Until next time, I'll catch you later. Peace out.